myself. And welcome, fellow extremists. Oh, that's the panelist and not Jax, because she doesn't fit in that. Yeah. We have an awesome guest yeah. tonight. We have Jax in the house tonight. The the absolute, I want to say this correctly, female beast of the bush is how I was going to put that. Because in the woods, <laughs> if I needed oh a survival God. kit, I was going to take Jax with me. Like, she would be my survival kit. I'll just take her with me. <laughs> You want to reword that a little bit, Chris? I said, you know, no, point, is it even worth it? No, just nope. let it be. Just let, let it be what it is. I was being yeah. polite and Emery had to mess it up for me. Jax, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I am great. I am. It's an honor to be here. I've actually never well, been on a podcast, so I'm looking forward to all of this. So we're your first. Oh. Well, we, we're going to set a low bar. <laughs> It'll only get better from here for you. Nothing to worry about. As you guys know, we uh, it's 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 me, your favorite angry American, and we've got the infamous Bob Robert Toombs of Mountain Readiness in the house, Sue Larue of Tactical Rifleman, and just Sue Larue Incorporated, and then we have Emory Morgenstern, fugitive at large from Prime Combat Training. What's up, y'all? What's, What's up? up? What's up? That's it. <laughs> So, so see, it's easy, Jax. It's easy. Yeah, it's super easy, Jax. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Jax. All right, and that's a wrap. There we go. That's a wrap. <laughs> Let me give you a Sularu gem. Don't, uh, don't, don't worry, Jax. You won't be the first one uh, to wake up in the morning disappearing, disappointed with me. <laughs> that's a Sularu. Uh, I, I, yeah, I. I might be mildly more nervous now, but that's okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so we, yeah, we lower them. Trust me. Uh, so we got to meet you out at Mount Readiness. So where we owe yeah. Mount Readiness for this honor and you're coming back, right? You're going to be there next month. You're going to be hanging out with us again. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. My wife, yep. Mel, Mel loves hanging out with you. Mel loves talking to you and hanging out with you. So she's super looking forward to that. And yeah, um, she's so rad. Yeah. She's she, she something. Hi, Mel. Uh, <laughs> she's lurking off someplace else. And like, I, I want to just show you this to you guys because it's it's mind-boggling. This is like her resume. Look, look at this. Like the qualifications and the experience and stuff. It's a lot of trees. You've done. You know, for being it's, a for being a lover of nature, you've done <laughs> killed a lot of trees. A lot of trees right there. You just killed. <laughs> This is people like me though, so right. But, but how's the grammar? Is the grammar good in that? Um, you're asking me. I have editors, dude. You, you think I grammar? I I can read writing, but I can't. I mean, I can write reading, but I can't read writing. That's how it goes. So, <laughs> so Jax, you used to work with Dave Canterbury, right? Yes, I did. I worked. I was one of his instructors for a little over a year. And how'd you like that? Never mind. Don't answer that question. I'm not gonna put you on the spot like that. Uh, <laughs> you liked it well enough that you started your own school, right? That is true. Yes. Earlier this year, I have I left Pathfinder and started Wildcard Wilderness, and awesome. it's been I've been truly blessed. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, what's awesome, what exactly right? do you teach? Right? We have we have a lot of survival stuff going on in our entire very large 
weird family, but what's your dysfunctional? Mm -hmm. So I have three pillar classes that I have curated and have taught uh, this year. One I have taught at Mountain Readiness, and that's called my survival medicine class, where I focus specifically on trees. Um, I just, I don't, I want people to, uh, instead of always looking at the forest floor for medicinals, I think people often forget that there's medicine and plants that grow around us and tower above us all four seasons. So I really wanted to get people to start thinking about, hey, there's medicine all around you and how to harvest it ethically. And the idea behind that class is to bring the apothecary to the woods. So it's making, you know, mortar and pestles, making containers and making pine tar and just getting people really familiar with their environment. And I've curated that class for different forests, whether it's the temperate forest or the boreal forest. And then I also have a class called Base Camp Essentials. Base Camp Essentials is essentially just a glorified camp craft and bushcraft class. But the idea behind it is, you know, I think so many schools focus on the individual to survive in the wild. But what about community? Because without community, we're nothing. So this was a class that was designed to actually build comfort in, in the wild and with each other. It's something that we can share with each other. And this weekend, I have an all-women survival class. Uh, is at Georgia Bushcraft. That's where I am right now. And we're going to be going across the gamut of things. Fire, shelter, friction, fire, navigation, traps. So I do Obviously, a lot. <laughs> not invited to that class, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, it only, unfortunately, the class only caters to half the population. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what's, I mean, have you always been like the girl running around the woods? Is that kind of your deal? No, you no, no, definitely not. Like I grew up in the suburbs of New Jersey. I lived in New York city for 10 years. I'm so sorry. Um, Ugh, get a rope. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No wonder you're still running into the woods then. She's still running away from New York City. Just, just go, 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 go. Yeah. Yeah. And then kind of like in my late 20s, I started, you know, uh, camping and hiking with friends. And I kind of, and I really loved being in the wild. I love being in the woods specifically. And I kind of, I realized that I was so deathly afraid of it. You know, I was afraid of wildlife. I was afraid of getting injured. I was afraid of getting lost. And I essentially just wanted to stop being afraid of something that brought me joy. And so I just kind of started the training on my own. And then uh, when I started to do some solo hiking, I had found Which you have done some epic solo hikes too, guys. Like when yeah. she says solo yeah. hiking, she's hiked across written before she's she's hiked the mirror trail the jacks has hiked if you can walk it you tried to walk it so yeah pretty much <laughs> like my very first solo hike was in iceland and wow. on day one i fell in a crevasse and was in an earthquake that was the first day and then i was like all right i think i really need to like amplify my survival skills here that's Mother Nature so telling you to get back in the city. She's like, no, <laughs> that's that's a, yeah. that is a ballsy trip for, for yeah, anyone. Right? Yeah. Actually, oh, pronunciate yeah. it crevasse. Is crevasse the actual wow. pronunciation? It's crevasse. That's it. It's crevasse. I, so. I like that. It yeah. sounds way cool on top of it. Is it All right, crevasse. I feel oh, in hey. crevasse. Real quick for everybody, if you guys have questions you want to ask Jax, put hashtag Jax. In the in your comment, and we will mark those, and we'll have her directly answer some of your questions in a while. 
And, um, and for some of you knuckle draggers out there, behave yourselves. So, yeah, uh, Jax, why don't why don't you let our audience know where the classes are actually held at? Where you where do you teach at, and how? Uh, give them a shameless plug of how they can contact. Absolutely, you plug up Georgia Bushcraft. I love those guys. Yeah, so I'm actually at the Georgia Bushcraft location right now, which is in Watkinsville, Georgia, uh, not far from Athens. Uh, and that's currently where my, my women's class is. But I actually live in an off-road or an off-grid, rather, van. So my classes are kind of everywhere. So, so are you saying that... With two... oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just gonna, you know, I was just saying, do you, are you yeah. saying, telling us right now that you live in a van down by the river, like for real? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> the, the river changes, but yes, uh, I do live in a <laughs> lot, maybe yeah. Walmart parking lot occasional. Hey, occasionally. You know. Yeah, actually, it's love truck stops. They're, 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 they're my preferred love truck stops. There you go. I my question. Does the van have windows? It does have windows. Yes. Oh. Never mind. Okay. Heavily tinted. Heavily tinted <laughs> windows. <laughs> yeah. Emery's going to sew you some curtains. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, and they have curtains. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes. Oh um, so I've been working with other schools throughout the country. So, uh, you know, Georgia Bushcraft is hosting this class. More recently, I worked with Survival University, run by Jason Marshneiner out in Colorado. And that's where I did my base camp class and kind of tagged on to a lot of the other classes that were going on there. Um, and next year, I'm in communication with all three of those venues about putting on some more classes as well as others. So I haven't that calendar will be released soon of all the classes I'm doing next year. That's awesome. I love I love that you have a women's only class, too, because I, I know for a lot of women, it could be a little intimidating to go with a bunch of dudes in the woods just because of the way we behave and, and, and the stuff that happens. Um, so I love seeing someone who's encouraging more women to get out there and get involved because you guys are just as capable, more so in a lot of cases than the guys are. So it's, it's fantastic to see that. It's really good. Yeah. I just really think that, you know, there in terms of like the female market for instructors, like we're here, but you know, I think a lot of women don't know how to find the classes, but also more so they're not seeing a lot of people that they find relatable teaching these classes. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm hoping that my goal is to get more women out there into the wild, you know, and overcome the things that whatever makes them afraid, you know, fear doesn't have to be something that stops you. Fear should take the back seat when you, you know, when you're driving the car. It's always going to be there. Don't let it touch, touch the, you know, radio dials. It's always going to be there, but you can be the one in control. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Passenger never gets to touch the radio dial. Everybody knows that. True, true story. Yeah. And I, hey, I watched yeah. a hot video of you today, and I mean hot, because you were making a knife. You were hammering out iron. Yes. For your new blade. Beast so, mode. So yeah. Like, let's talk about yes. this new blade, because we're about, everybody in this group right here, we're all blade nuts i mean we we're all about knives so so what do you call your new blade that's coming out and when is it going to be available and where can i get one so uh you can get them on my website which is wildcardwilderness.com uh it should be released on the website within the week the inventory has already been made uh and i am calling it the ripper uh it is a small foraging knife uh 
designed to working for foraging large amounts of plant material as well as for bark craft. And it also looks like a weapon. <laughs> uh, so this is the Ripper. And yeah. Very nice. And it comes in three different handles. Uh, I did the design. I worked closely with Kyle Gehagen to execute that design. And this was shot in that forge. So Kyle, yeah. Kyle is right now working on one of our blades for you guys that are watching. The Dalton blade will hopefully, if if we get this all sorted out, be in production via Kyle Gehagen. So he'll be making ours as well. And there's also a blade, the Morgan blade, going to be coming out, uh, which Kyle's doing too. So are you going to bring some of those to Mountain Readiness in October to sell? Oh, yeah. I mean, awesome. if I still have stock, then yes. But I'll, I'll, I'll make sure... I do. <laughs> All right, cool. Selling yeah. them fast. Selling them fast. That was a I like too. That was a lot. I like that. That was a lot of fun. I like the 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 uh, geometry of that blade because, like you said, for foraging and stuff, it's such an easy pull cut. If you're out harvesting stuff or doing bark work, like you said, I can see why you made it the way you did. It, it looks awesome. So I've got to have one to add to my oh, box yeah. of blades. It looks nice I, and slim. It looks like it's uh, you know the handle design looks like you can really kind of rotate it in your fingers there and get your angle that you want. Right. You Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of versatility with it. Very cool. And you were telling me before, so it's a one steel, right? And yeah, we were talking about it. I, you know, everybody in the knife world is like, you know, it's the new hotness everybody's after is, Oh, you know, the, the three C P 12 I C four. Um, <laughs> but, but really, so I was asking you about it and your answer for why that steel was chosen was actually a great answer. I mean, that's that's what you want to hear out of, uh, you know, choosing a steel for a knife. It's for a purpose, right? So yeah. So the knife is. So I do a lot of work with procuring tree medicine, uh, uh, tree medicine, and from resin. All right. So having a knife, <laughs> Burton, uh, having a knife that can actually, <laughs> yeah, having a knife it. that can easily procure that resin. Oh, he's so chill. What's up, Jamie? Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so the the resin uh, procuring the resin off the tree can sometimes be difficult but this knife aids in that but the problem is that now you're going to get all this resin over on your knife so uh by just slightly putting it towards some heat which normally is a big no-no with most knives a1 can kind of handle a little bit of a temperature increase to get that resin off there's not that much carbon in it that's going to migrate or anything like that so I mean, I definitely want to recommend throwing this thing into a fire, obviously. But yeah, it was designed to actually be able to take a, a temperature increase. So essentially, for people who aren't totally in sync with this, right? You have you have your your hardening temperature, right? So you're bringing that metal up to its critical temperature, where the uh, the crystalline structure changes, and it's just about to become, you know, more fluid, and then you freeze it in in that shape right but now now that you've frozen it so to speak in that hard shape it's got a lot of stress so you actually have to soften it just a little bit that's the tempering process and usually you do at least two tempers two four six whatever tempers at a much lower temperature so you're looking at for a lot of steel somewhere between 400 to maybe 800 degrees depending on the steel 900 if you get it in the higher uh, one where you can temper it in higher ranges, what you're saying is now I can stick it over a fire a minute, melt off that sticky shit, 
and be able to clean my knife off. Love it. I love it. Yeah, no. And, uh, uh, I've, it's one of those knives too. You kind of have to see in action, you know, and I was in a class and I was demoing that same, that demoing that. And, you know, this is one of the design features is that I can actually clean this. Uh, and yeah, I think that'll be my next video actually is maybe I'll do that. Cool. <laughs> so. That's a good yeah, handle geometry on that thing is great too, because for us guys that have a little bit larger hand, um, some of those smaller neck knives like that one right there is a little dainty. You know, you, you end up with the pinky sticking out when you try to use it. <laughs> but that one you have there, we actually, we can fit, even the guy can fit his hand all the way across that. You get a really good grip. So that's what I like about that blade as well. And it's, you know, Jack's the Ripper. I mean, that's, that's cool as well. <laughs> Well, yeah. that's, that's what I was gonna say. You can that's almost, awesome. You can almost call that blade the zipper too, because you can sure fit somebody with one in a hurry with that geometry of that blade. Just looks like a gun, <laughs> you know. I mean, hey, hey, hey yeah, don't exactly. make a terrible murderer like we are. <laughs> I think that was Kyle's contribution to that blade. He was like, and also, if you'd like to split people open, <laughs> <laughs> if you actually want to have fun with it and not just hurt trees. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Kyle might have had something. But here's a question. Did you, I mean, how'd you come up with it? Did you forge one? Were you making knives and like, this is what I want? Uh, no, I think it's just like the experience of handling so many foraging and bushcraft knives. It was just wanting to find that one knife that can do it. And I think, you know, for me, I work so much in bark craft, you know, making oh. baskets or, you know, procuring medicine. But like I needed something that had a hawk bill, you know, something that can cut through, you know, something. And that was kind of just where it came from. And then just, yeah, the design. That's the, that's the eternal quest, Jax, is to find the perfect blade. Like, I yeah. know we all have <laughs> yeah. boxes. Well, I used to have huge boxes full of blades. Why we have 500 knives. Yeah, exactly. Because we're always <laughs> yeah. oh, there's a different one. Let me try that one, you know. And, and you're always yeah. acquiring new blades. So, since you yeah. said that these are going to be released on your site, where can we point people to go buy these things? And um, I mean, I want you to bring me one, hopefully, you know, to Mountain Readiness. But I, I also hope you're sold out by then and you can't bring me one. So where can they go find your blade? <laughs> uh, they will be up on my shop at wildcardwilderness.com. And right there. Uh, just go to the shop tab and they will be there. Right now, it's just T-shirts and other kits that I've designed working with Survival Gear BSO. Uh, but the knives will be up there soon. Awesome. After this class, just give me a minute. <laughs> just give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not busy. You know what I mean? You're not busy. I mean, you're, 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 you're a, you're a, um, a low energy kind of person. I mean, you just got back from, um, from a little walk in the woods, didn't you? Well, I say woods more like, mm -hmm. uh, the highlands <laughs> so, yeah. so so tell them about what, what you just did like it's it's crazy to me like you're living your life your best life in my opinion which is fantastic so so i know you just yeah, got back from a bit of a walk so so yeah i just completed a uh 440 kilometers which is about 240 miles although i clocked in at over 300 so uh it is a hiking trail in the Lapland region of Sweden, with two-thirds of it being entirely in the Arctic Circle. 
So I basically hiked across the Arctic Circle of Sweden alone, and it took 21 days to do it. Bad yeah. ass. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. an epic hike right there. I'm, the the yeah. pictures were yeah. amazing, and I know they don't do it any justice whatsoever that you were sending back as you did that, that trek. Yeah. Was there ever a time yeah. that you were like, Man, maybe I messed up. Or was it no matter what I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna make it unless a bear eats me. And then but but I'm still gonna try, right? Was that the kind of was there any of that mental area where you just kind of I don't know? Uh so the first so the first part of the trail, you're in the high mountains and there's not a lot of elevation to it, but the terrain is like totally unforgiving. Like, you have to carefully place every single foot. It's like you can't even be looking at how amazing the scenery is behind you because you literally have to focus where you're going to put every foot. Like, you could easily, you know, sprain an ankle or whatever. But the terrain at times, I mean, like, I'm not kidding. I would stop. And I, like, fell on my knees and was crying at one point because it was just so painful. Um, and oh, then, yeah. you know, you just take a break and then you rest your feet, taking care of your feet, any hiker or any, anyone in the outdoors knows you have to, that's your number one priority. Um, but no, I mean, I had some pretty extreme weather. Um, I didn't have, I wish I had more wildlife encounters, you know, like the, I mean, the, the region <laughs> is filled with reindeers and moose, but I haven't, I didn't, I didn't see any, I saw a lot of reindeer, but. Uh, the very last day, however, was the worst day. Um, there were high winds, extreme rain, um, and but I was making really good time, you know. And I'm like, this is it. This is my last day. Like, this is awesome. And like at that, you know, you just reached this point that you don't really care how cold and how, or how wet you are. You're just you're you're in the moment. And I realized I'm making really good speed and I start descending into this town. The, the trail ends in a town called Hamavon. And as soon as I get over this, or as soon as I get into the valley, this, the wind picks up. And I think there's actually like a video of me out there just being like, I'm almost there guys. And it's just like, my hair's all over the place. And it's like, I can't even stand up. But, uh, only five minutes after I shot that video, I started to lose dexterity in my hands. I ah. was, was aware that I, yeah, hypothermia, hypothermia is showing up. That little visitor is coming to hang I, out with you for a while. Yep. Yep, exactly. And I, but I was, I knew that I was only about two miles from the end. And then it was like, then the stubbornness kicks in. And I was like, oh, Eight. do I just plow yeah. through and stay warm? Ain't dead, can't you know, quit. Ain't fine. dead, can't quit. Yep. Ain't dead, yeah. can't quit. Just keep going and going. <laughs> Exactly. But I did wind up doing what the right decision because it got so bad. And that was stopping, getting into some dry, warm clothes and heating up some water, ingesting, you know, some yeah. warm liquids. And I'm glad that I did. So, so that terrain, never did want to quit. No, that terrain you're going through was it like scree. Is that why it was hard to walk through? Or was, or was it just like mechanical injuries waiting to happen? Uh, mechanical injuries waiting to happen, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a middle section that's in the lake region. And there's actually, there's seven boat crossings, two of which you have to row. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then in that region, I mean, I didn't really know the definition of the word boggy until I was there. I mean, you are going above your knees in mud and it's just like, 
it's like that really sad part of that movie, The Neverending Story, where the horse the horse drowns. It was like that for days. It was just like <laughs> for right? days. Such a horrible <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah. It, it's 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 like yeah, like you've entered the evil forest, you know, like out of a one of the yeah. fairy tale movie kind of things, and you're in the forbidden forest, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. never that, ending yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, I, don't ask me how yeah. I know that song. Don't ask me. Doesn't matter, T. So one way or another, you're doing the uh, intro to the show now, singing from now Thank on. You. Thank you. Just sing yeah. Song. yeah. Uh, what who, what do we got for the longest hike? What about you, Sue? How what's the furthest you've hiked nonstop? Uh, uh well, at tenth group we went. Uh, we did the uh, we followed the uh, the tenth mountain division from uh, uh, what used to be Camp Carson, which is now Fort Carson. We started at Fort Carson, went all the way to Leadville, and uh, I can't I can't remember how far that was, but I was. I was one of the guys from Colorado. I I enjoyed it, so I I did a lot of, you know, flanking maneuver and going out and and seeing. Well, we can't go up there. We'll go over here and everything. Very interesting. We saw a lot of the pitons and stuff where they hold the mules up and everything. And for those of you who don't know, Tenth Mountain Division during World War II was fantastic. They they wintered twice or two winters in a row in Leadville, Colorado, which is above ten thousand feet. feet. They learned how to ski. They learned how to. Uh, work everything with mules and everything. Then they went to uh, the war in World War II, and uh, their their equipment and their mules, the, that transport got torpedoed. So they showed up in Italy with no skis and no mules. <laughs> so, real, real incredible story. But up there now, there's there's a there's a huge monument for all the men that got lost there. Bob Dole, the Senator Bob Dole, the guy who ran for president. Uh, a few cycles ago, he was actually wounded in 10th mountain division. So it's, uh, it, that's, that was probably, uh, 120, 100, 140 miles, but, uh, we, we did it. I don't think we did it as fast as Jack's. We it's, it's very steep terrain. And, and, uh, we go across the Terriol mountains is what it's called up there. And, uh, that's, uh, probably, yeah, probably 140 miles in, in five days, something like that, seven days depending on what which team you were on so it was it was a good time good time which routes your guys pick yeah huh yeah which routes your navs navigators pick that's the killer now, yeah, yeah. going that way jerk yeah there's there's nothing <laughs> like going up no, nothing like entering into a canyon and then getting getting back in there like four miles and realizing uh there's no way out of here uh turn around go back and yeah. and combo guy <laughs> hey uh Hey, Echo, <laughs> go up to the top of that hill. See if your radio works. Yeah. yeah I, I like it when they do a map recon and they're like, all right, we're going to make our rendezvous point here. And we're looking at it. And we're like, yeah, you guys need to go walk that first. No. <laughs> Five hours later, they come back and they're like, that's not possible. We're like, yeah, we figured that. <laughs> <laughs> well, happened, it's, it's funny that Jax was talking about that stubbornness because that's exactly what happened when I was a sniper instructor. We were sitting around drinking beer after one of the classes. And, uh, a lot of the guys said, hey, you know, Green Berets, they need to be they need to be more uh, in tune with intelligence and computers and, and doing area studies and everything. And I was like, no, no, no. Green Berets need to be able to jump into Canada naked and walk out two or three weeks later wearing buckskins, you know, and, and 20 pounds heavier. And they're like, no, 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 that's that, that doesn't happen. And and, uh, and uh, they said and one of them got smart because I lived in Cripple Creek, which was 61 miles by the road up to Cripple Creek. 
and they and this is a Friday on a three-day weekend. And they said, uh, well, if you're so tough, why don't you just walk home? So I just grabbed my rucksack and said, I'll, okay, I'll see you guys on Monday, you know. And uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did I did not tell my wife. I did not communicate with her. I, I poor in <laughs> communication. So uh my wife was wanting to get out of the house and do some things with the kids. Yeah, well, that was that was the beginning of my my uh divorce for the first with the first wife. So, so but uh yeah, you just don't go to the woods and not show up for a couple of days. But that was sure, that was an interesting yeah. trip. I, that yeah. probably doesn't work out so well. I mean, I get it. I get you know, it. Well, and then you you it, go from sixty five hundred well, feet up to ten thousand. So that's that's pretty. That's uh. So I, hmm. we, we're gonna we're gonna a little promo thing come up here in a minute. But I got a, I got one question for you, Jax. If you can only take two things with you into the woods, Ooh. two things. I'll give you my two after I hear yours. And we'll get these guys too. But what's the two things you're going to take? Uh, hmm. How long am I out there? Who knows? <laughs> hmm. Or like, like, like uh, Sue said, you just parachuted naked into Canada. You got two things. Yeah. Snow angels once in the snow. That kind of sucks. <laughs> snow angels. <laughs> I did. It was kind. Of, it was more of. A, it was more to prove that I could. I just freshly jumped out of the shower, you know, and like uh, my ex brother in law, he wouldn't. He wouldn't give the dog water outside, and uh, he was staying with us. And I was like, "Look, man, that dog needs to drink. It's cold out. There's snow everywhere." And kept telling him, kept telling him, and finally he was like, "I can't do it. It's too cold." I said, "Oh." BS, man, I run outside butt naked, give his dog water, jump down in the snow, do some angels, come in, snapped off a big chunk of my hair, you know, that froze what? solid, and uh, to prove a, prove a point. Why are you hanging out with your cousin naked? First question. But we cousin. were to run this little promo and but, give I mean, Jax a couple minutes yeah. to think about our two things. But let's run this quick okay. promo, and we'll be right back. Two For those things. of you who are viewing this podcast, you're in luck. Three of these ugly men have grown beards. Haven't had enough yet? Stick around for the after show. Bolder, grittier, angrier. On the Rocks with Angry American and the Gang is coming up next. Oh, God, I love those. I can't get enough of watching. Every time I see They're one of those, best. I laugh, man. I They're can't help it. They really are fantastic. Wow. Stu just has the voice. You know what? Was... You know what, man? For all we make fun of you for being so dumb, you're a pretty smart guy, man. Really yes, is. I am. Well, until I had the lobotomy last month. Yeah, so you hide it well, Sue. Yeah. You do. Yeah, we yeah you're coming back around. You're Can you guys see the around. scar? Yeah, yeah, the scar yeah. is up there. Yeah. yeah, that's where they put other his chip than the excessive, other than the excessive drooling. You're all right. Have it's I sent any of you guys? Uh, go ahead. Have, have I sent any of you guys? I'll have I to hear. give it to Holly for the next for the next uh, episode. But uh, I, I, uh, Jax doesn't know, but uh, I had three basically three surgeries. Uh, three days in a row, old TBI thing. But uh, if you look at the the X-ray or the CT scan now, if you put your thumb in my ear, you can use my skull for a bowling ball now. So it's <laughs> pretty, pretty amazing. <laughs> That's right. Just throwing that out there. You know, Sue showed the fact that it's quite likely that I caused your your hemorrhage. Yeah, probably. Right. That's your driving class there. Hit me in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you probably did. You know, we'll, we'll have yeah. to find the video of that. But Sue was just so annoying. 
I was trying to teach him driving out at, at, uh, you know, that place where I teach driving and, uh, um, I'm not allowed to mention it publicly. You, uh, you have to say they, it. So they don't want to be associated with you. Is that what it is? Well, would you? There's that. Well, I'm doing this right now. Cash out of the bag. <laughs> and I was trying to keep him on task and he was just being silly and being silly. And so I would just grab my radio and slam his helmet with it. Shut up. Look at the road. And it was, yeah, I have some of that on video. I'm not sure if it's, you know, for public consumption, but. Okay. So well, it turns out it was the exact spot where they had to uh, peel his skull open. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it's on the same side. And welcome to I would, the. Uh, I was wearing American a helmet podcast, in there. Jax. Yeah, okay. welcome <laughs> to the podcast, Jax. <laughs> She's like, I've never done one overload. before. What? I've never done one before. What sensory it's overload like. going on. She's like, what have I agreed to? Yeah. <laughs> Please, right, mother. A part of me almost forgot that I was on it. I was just like, just entertained. <laughs> Mesmerized that the stupidity run amok. Well, yes, this is true. Yes. Jax, I got to tell you, without using names or anything, but it's a pleasure having you on. We have some savory and, uh, and less savory characters sometimes. <laughs> well, it's, nice you're, it's nice that you're like, you know, you, you don't get turned off by the fact that we're just, we're, we're, we're pretty dumb, but it's okay. Oh, no. Well, yeah, well no. back, back to <laughs> enough about Sue. What was that? Well, back, back to the original question. I want to hear what Jax would take in the woods. What two things? Two would things. You take well, out there we me? go. We're back. We're back. Two things. Uh, all right. So first one, uh, the cutting tool that I would bring would be definitely a hatchet. Okay. You know, uh, I'm probably going to bring a hatchet over a knife for a few reasons. One yep. is it's just anything a knife can do, a hatchet can do, but a hatchet can do more in terms of processing a way more material and fuel. And the second one is actually pretty tough. I have to be very confident in my friction fire abilities, but I was thinking it'd probably be a tarp. Tarp? And this way, okay. yeah. And the reason why is that I can process that into cordage. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that is something that can also help uh, well, first of all, it's just an extra shelter system, but it can also be load bearing. It can be used for cordage. I mean, I might even be able to use it for water filtration. Uh, yeah. So it would be all an right. added shelter. What about, yeah. what about you, Sue? What's the two things you'd take? Yeah, she, she hit the, uh, she hit the nail on the head there. It would be a tomahawk. I, I, I call it a tomahawk and, uh, or, uh, well, you were just from up there in Sweden. You see some of those, those Viking curved, curved, yeah, uh, short axes they have. I just, I love those things. Yeah. And then uh, uh, something uh, I was going to say a poncho or, or a tarp or something like that. You know, I can use it for warmth. I can use it for. There's just so many things you can use it for, and it's it's hard to find any kind of textile material out there unless you want to sit there and weave bark together. You know, for an entire week, you, you just can't. Mm -hmm. You can't beat having a tarp out there. You know, you can use it for 101 things. So what about you? Uh, what are you going to take? Plays a lot of part of this. You know, is this an environment that has a whole bunch of water? Is it an environment that doesn't have water? But me, I do love my hawk. I'm the same way. I got my RMJ tactical hawk that I always pack around with me. And uh, man, I'm probably going with some sort of a, a fire striker of some sort. I, I, I'm not the bow drill guy. You know, I'm not. <laughs> and and yes, yes, a tarp is is super important. 
Um, but I would hope I could find something to work with for shelter. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with uh, a good fire starting uh, tool. All right. All right. How about you, Emory? I think I'm staying on the knife side, but it'd be a big knife like the like the sapper type of size. <clears throat> and uh and I don't know, probably my iPhone because I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> picture it didn't happen. Do it for the gram. <laughs> you short it out, you can start a fire, you know. I mean, you know, yeah, take some selfies. Oh. Yeah. I'd call Sue and T and Chris and be like, Hey, um, can you bring me some stuff? I only have two things. <laughs> Out here by myself, just a phone and and a knife. Yeah, look, well, there's if you, best answer so far. I think, yeah. I think you have to kind of qualify that question too with some form of location, right? I mean, that's that's making sure a difference in both well, those choices. That maybe and maybe not. I'll, I'll tell you the two things that I'll bring, and this goes. I don't care if you're dropping me into a jungle or the Arctic. The two things that I'm going to bring are going to be a blade, probably the Dalton blade for me. That's what I'm going to take and a metal container because mm. a blade and a metal container are the two hardest things to attempt to improvise in the wild. Um, yeah, I can yeah. do burn bowls and make a pot, do all that stuff, but I can't put that pot over a fire. Um, it's really hard to dig with those. You know, it's, you know, a metal container is the hardest thing to improvise in nature. And so I like making sure I have one. My titanium tokes cup is, my go-to, the big tox cup is that for me. And I would I would agree with that, Chris, until uh, I uh, just before SHOT Show, uh, I'm going to do a shameless plug for Tactical Rifleman here, but uh, Emery was actually the, the the host for a survival expert out there in Arizona called uh, Cody Lundin. Have you guys ever heard of that guy? And mm -hmm. uh, Cody's we, we, awesome. We, we, did a, we did a video there where he just, just broke rocks. Yeah, fantastic. And, and you probably saw him. Uh, he's on Dual Survivor. He walks around barefoot all the time and wears shorts. And uh, the, the the videos that uh, Emery and, and Cody did were just excellent, where they just broke rocks and everything. And you and I've been trying it out here in my creek and everything. And you, you can make you can make some sharp sharp tools out there real quick, you know. And use them. Yeah, yeah, those are great videos. Great videos. Yeah, we yeah. did a. We did a video a few years ago, me and some guys walk up on a mountain in Georgia with just the clothes on our backs. We didn't take, we, I mean, and handguns. We're not retards. Um, so we didn't have any tools with us whatsoever. And uh, we improvised everything. And it was kind of funny because in the videos, it's always like, hey, where's the good rock? <laughs> Who's got the good rock? I yeah. need the good, oh, thank yeah. you. I got to cut some stuff. For, I need the good rock. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, so, so Chris, I, let me follow up with you on your thing, right? So yeah. you and I have discussed this. And when I was thinking, thank God I wasn't first because, you know, I, I would have been like, uh, <laughs> but you and I have discussed it and you've told me that, 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 that's been your answer for a minute. The, the, the metal vessel. Yeah. Always. But along with that, what's your preferred, if you don't, if you didn't bring your flint and steel, which by the way, I use yours, uh, in the jungle, but, nice. uh, uh, little plug. But uh, but yeah, so what's your fire starting mechanism that you are like, yep, I can do this without having tools? Uh, it depends. It, it, again, it's situational, but I could do um, the bamboo fire saw. If there's bamboo around, that's an excellent one. I'm really good with that one. I learned that from Alan Kay. Uh, and then I'm not a hand drill guy. I, I try it. I'm not that good at it. But bow drill, I'm really good at. And I can also do fire plow. 
So those are three different methods using different technology and even a, a pump drill. If, if the stuff's around for me to make it with, I can make a pump drill and, and run one of those pretty good too. So it just depends on the, the uh, materials at hand. So, mm. but I well, love it. And, and like, Jack, fast, so it's really like Jack says, it kind of depends the two things. If you only had two things, it depends where you're going because I sure. can remember where yeah. we did SEER, SEER school, which is survival, uh, evasion, resistance and escape. Uh, you, we, you know, in the, in the Q course, you have to plan for what, you, what you're going to take with you and, and, you know, you're, you're, you're supposed to be in a little group and everything. And one of the plans was, well, uh, we're going to, you know, when we get separated, we're going to mark the areas with rocks and we're going to, you know, just add a rock to it. And then we know how many people are, are in the hide site and everything. And I was like, you guys realize we're in the sand hills of North Carolina. <laughs> you're not going to find a rock. There's no rocks out here. <laughs> well not far from there there's there's a lot of slate mines and i've spent a lot of time living in a slate mine in north carolina and those yeah. rocks are utterly useless i hate Ooh, i bet i bet there were a lot of rocks in your pack though yeah <laughs> yeah that's why they had to crack his dome to get him out of there yeah. Yeah. that's what it was it was, it was removing the rocks yeah. Now Jax actually with her fire expertise, what was it last weekend in a downpour, 10 points of ignition? You even got an yeah. ember on the uh was it hand drill? It was hand drill, yeah. Yeah. Hand drill and a downpour up underneath a little little awning caught a spark. <laughs> so pretty impressive there. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, is impressive. yeah. that is impressive. Hand drill, yeah. hand drill, and I, I mean Hand drill is reliable. Like Alan Kay, good buddy of mine, let you guys know who he is. Um, he can whip out a hand drill fire faster than anybody I've ever seen. Um, but we're, since we're coming around here on our time, we got a bunch of questions for Jax. And so we're going to jump into some of these. Um, <laughs> uh, this first one's great. Don't, here we go. don't read that one. Don't read that oh, one. They're all coming. I'm just kidding. There we go. That's, <laughs> this is my good friend, Pete Rabatucci. He's a, he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, there we go. Yeah, they're tired of looking at us. <laughs> People are looking at us so. All right. Thanks, thank, thank you, Pete. <laughs> there you go. You know, you know, Pete. So, and then, and then, uh, Will, and you remember Gabriel yep. from last time? Yeah. Yep. So, and then now we got real questions. So, here we go. Real ones. So, did you grow up learning any of the skills that you then built on? And I'm going to say no, growing up in Jersey and the city. Uh, <laughs> you probably didn't. No, no, but I mean, so the only thing, you know, my mom was uh, in paramedicine. She was an EMT. She was an emergency room nurse. Um, but my mom was a first responder at 9 11. Mm. And so I live, yeah, because I live fairly close to the city and, you know, everyone from the surrounding area was brought in. So, she was kind of the first person to really educate me firsthand on disaster preparedness. Um, and of course, I mean, it's slightly different than the woods, but I think it's, it's all reliance. Um, so I think that, you know, for me, a lot of it, I think critical thinking is still a skill, you know? Yeah. And cause it's, yeah, I mean, it, cause it's not something that you just begin with. You have to, you know, you have to work on it and enhance it and can, and, yeah. So I would say that that skill is something that's always kind of uh, been a part of my life. And then 
you know, I do think about being a first responder myself and going into the more of the uh, medical side of things. But I would say the skill that I learned, I mean, was maybe other than that would be navigation. Navigation was sort of something that I had taught myself. You know, I remember just like reading how to, you know, how to use a base plate compass. And it was a Ray Mears book, you know. Oh, and then really? I actually, wow. Yeah. And then like nice. actually going out and practicing it. All right. So this is this is an inside joke for our crowd. Which way is north? From where you're sitting. You're the everybody's pointing. Yeah. Uh, they're all what? pointing different yeah, directions. Yeah. It's an inside joke. Oh, I know. Everybody I was like, I every- know. It's, I know why it's that way. Okay, you know. <laughs> Everybody asks Mel that all the time, which way is north. It's, a, it's just a running joke, so I had to stick it in there for you. All right. So yeah. here's another one. Uh, was there a moment or skill learned that caused you to realize you were really good at survival? Ooh, okay. So, oh, man, was there a moment? Well, I mean... All right. So I used to work for the Pathfinder School. And then at that school, there are a series of challenges. Right. So if you're familiar with the program, you have these, you know, basic, intermediate and advanced. Well, you can't pass the advanced without having skills. So there's that, (laughs) you know, so that would be like a standard thing. You know, and my advanced class was pretty bizarre. Like uh, that class was kind of Dave Canterbury's every class, every advanced class is Dave's brainchild. So they don't repeat. In my class, we had an Arctic blast. It was below freezing. It was the first week of November. And mm. the only gear we had was a wool blanket, a roll of jute twine, a Swiss army knife, and a bottle of beer. Oh, time for debris, was- debris shelters then. Yeah, time for debris <laughs> shelters. Quick, yeah, fast, so and that hurry. was our gear. Yeah, so you're making fire off the landscape. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. And that's just, I think, so much of it's not so much skills that you need in the woods. It's having guts, you know, having what it takes, you know, because for me, like I've had, that's the only thing I had to rely on was just the sheer will to keep going. You know, like for me, for me, you know, on the hikes that I have done, I mean, there's so many things that have happened. Like I've had, I have encountered earthquakes, flash floods. I've come face to face with wild animals before. Uh, the scariest being an ibex. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Scary as a pack of fucking wolves. So yeah, and then, um, you know, I've also been sick. You know, I've had dengue fever. I've had Lyme disease. Um, so I would say, you know, yeah, in terms of being in the wilderness, is just knowing that you didn't want to give up in yourself. Um, and I could easily just press my personal locator button. And say, I want to get the hell out of here. But, you know, I think the greatest gift is just kind of proving to yourself that you can overcome anything. And that's what I'm trying to do with my business. You know, that's what wild card means to me is that you can be the wild card, you know, and Ain't overcome against quit. all odds. Ain't yeah. Dead can't quit. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. Here it's we that go. Mental, mental fortitude, right? You know, you always see all these things. It's the mind is the first thing to go, usually before the body. So that mental, that mental state. I always like watching Alan Kay on Alone. You know, there at the end, you can kind of see Alan just kind of waver a little bit. He brings himself, he pulled himself back together there, though. You know, you can oh, yeah. see he kind of drift out a little bit and then he drift back in. You know, he oh wait, I'm I'm straying off. I'm letting my my mind wander a little bit too much here. 
you know, and that's, uh, that's, I think what you're talking about, that inner fortitude, that's, that's, that's the, what you got to yeah. keep track of over everything yeah. else. Most contests, yeah, most contests are won or lost in the mind before they ever begin. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's 56 or however long days. It doesn't even matter at that point. Right. He was out there no. forever, but you know, I've spent, you know, five, six, eight days alone in the woods after day two or three, you're, you're, you know, I mean, your head's doing stuff that you're not necessarily telling it to do. Yeah. Well, it, it takes about three days and I, I actually probably, I don't know what your time frame is, but for me, it's about three days in the woods to, to acclimate to the woods again, to, 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 you know, mm -hmm. it's like Alan said, when he came out, they, they, they ripped him out of the woods. He wasn't ready to go yet. So he had a bit of an abrupt exit and they stuck him in this little cabin. And he said, just being in there, he could feel this, the, the, the frequency of the electricity in the building. You know, he could hear it. And, and yeah. it, that, and so when you, when you step out into that, again, you've got to let all that fade off of you and, and get back in tune with the, the natural yeah. rhythms of the world. And sure. so it does take a little well, time. You mean all those toxins, all those toxins and bad negative charges. You know, you got to get the yeah. body used yeah. to that torture again. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Which, well, yeah. And then, right, and then is what it is. Yeah. Chris, Chris knows this. He's been part of loan that you go through a, a talent agency and they wanted me to go to naked and afraid. And I was like, I'm not going to naked and afraid. And they're like, well, why not? You got the perfect personality. Uh, you do well in front of the camera and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm a ginger. I'm a ginger. <laughs> I have been sunburned before. Yes. The, the worst thing that can happen to a ginger is to be sunburned and trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. could do the Alaska. I mean, Alaska naked and afraid when you got the 20 hours of night. You know, you only got well, no, because on a full moon, you still get sunburned. Well, I think I th Gosh, the one right. I was trying to get you're on right. was uh Season six, and that's that's where the guy did a uh, hundred days out there. He actually went a hundred days, killed the yeah. neck with a knife yeah. and everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. I could. Yeah, I had to drop out because my wife had emergency uh, thyroid surgery. Oh, since we're, so you, we're you talking can, about, you can't we'll go out there. You can't go out there in the woods and think, "Oh, I wonder if she's all right." You know, so I had no, to drop no, out at the last not. minute. But no. uh, I got to. I, I was telling my wife, I was, she goes. Well, how, how are you going to be out there alone for that long? And I says, I got more, I got multiple personalities. I, I'm not alone. I'm never alone. No, that's, I, it's I, like I, I tell everybody yourself. <laughs> I'm my own favorite person. I like me better than I like anybody else. I'm great hanging out with myself. We never argue. Well, no, I'm what? No, we don't. My own worst enemy at the same no. time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I'm so on the Jax, I, I get on my nerves now and again. I get on my nerves. <laughs> well, Jax, I understand. I understand. Like, you need to shut up. Like seriously, you need to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I argue with myself all the time. Now, Jax, you're out there on those solo hikes. How do how do you deal with that? I mean, do you do you do you argue with yourself, or you just are you positive? All your personality is positive. Or do you pick up a pet uh, rock and just no. that's your that's your yeah. guy from now on? Wrong answers only. <laughs> I would say no. Like definitely. I mean, you're, you're out alone. <laughs> I mean, when you're on the trail, it's like you're feeling like the sum of all utterances at the time. Like first of all, you're also you forget that you're in shock. You know, you're in shock by what your body's going through. You're in shock by what you're seeing. And, but it's like, there is no distraction. There's no friend call, you know, there's no, and if, you know, you're trying to conserve battery, there's no music to listen to or books to listen to. It is, it's all up here. 
And then sometimes the landscape becomes a reflection of that. Like I remember when I was in Iceland and it was like just walking across this black sea. It's just black sand. Mm -hmm. There was, there was, there was no color. It was black sand and white fog, no color, no sound, no form. Of course you went fucking nuts. Excuse my French, but yeah, whatever. I'm just saying. Oh, you really? went nuts. You think? Yeah, just, come on. I'm just so. I'm just oh, so no. used to she broke like, into I'm the path on the rocks too soon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we've corrupted her already. It'll Did you so watch the promo, Jax? You're not supposed uh -oh. to do that yet. I'm well, so sorry. Let's, let's go to this question on here. Have you thought of doing any of the TV shows, or have you been approached or anything uh, like that? I have been approached by both of these shows. Um, as well as others. Uh, I would, I think that alone is probably the most authentic. So I would agree. It's something, yeah. Yeah. So I, I would also say there will never be another season, obviously, like season one, because when we got there, we were in Port Hardy getting ready to be deployed. And that's when they told us there was a half million dollars at play. We had no idea going up to that. We were just going. For some fun in the woods. <laughs> we, yeah, uh, right? we didn't even yeah. know we were getting paid. Like we didn't even know we were yeah. getting paid. <laughs> uh, I think for me, I would. Okay, so for Naked and Afraid, I am not interested in doing that show. And there, it's for me. Okay, so I also am a film editor. You know, so I know what they do. They dramatize and they edit. However, I still have respect for the program. I think that anyone who's ever done that challenge, kudos to you. It's because it is real. I mean, what their personal experience is very real. Um, but and then alone, I think to me is definitely one of the greatest challenges you can immerse yourself in. I think even attempting to do it is already like is huge. Um, I'm I would consider it. Yeah, and that's all I'm cool. gonna say. All right, <laughs> totally go on naked and afraid. It's like, a great one. <laughs> you I would like extra eat? 50 pounds. I hey, would, dude, I, I, would. I know people. I can make a phone call. I know people, dude. Hey, like, look, I, I, I'm serious. Like, but they wouldn't want me on that show because it'd be the most boring show ever. They'd be like, uh, T, are you going to like try to hunt anything? Nah, I'm just going to lay here. <laughs> going to lay here for a few more hours. I'd get up <laughs> and take a pee, drink some water. I'll find some water. I'm going to come back and lay down. For another three weeks. I've actually need to eat first. <laughs> there, there have been contestants that do exactly that. They do as they, yep. they, they burn as little energy as they can and they just starve Jeez. themselves for 21 days. And I was just like, how do they do that? You know? And yeah. like Jack said, I would show the crew, you how the, the film crews there watching are suffering anyway, but they yeah. just, yeah. just yeah. want to diet. Yeah. It'll be the most I, sleep I, and rest I've had in years. <laughs> yeah, well, you're getting your ass eat up by mosquitoes and whatever the hell. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Be awesome. Uh, <laughs> well, you're naked. At least the gnats won't be buzzing around your head. Uh, That's true. Jack, did you That's scream true. a tray you when you came out of the bog? So the correct, uh, uh, sorry, trick six, but the movie is a tray you screaming Artex. Oh, Jake took a school. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Jack's playing a nerd on display. Man. Yeah. Artex is right. the one that's drowning. Yeah. She's like, never so. thought this would be useful information, but look at me. Go. <laughs> All those years holding on to that tidbit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Are you proficient with firearms? If so, do you carry? Okay. So I did not grow up with, I mean, there were firearms in my household, but I had had no experience with them. Um, so because I live in a van and I like to play by the law, uh, the only firearm I carry is a burn a gun. Are you guys familiar with those? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So there's CO2. Very yeah. hard little pellets. Or oh, they got okay. Yeah. CS so, peppers. Pep, uh, CS yeah. pellets. No. Yeah. <laughs> He's calling them. Uh, things are nasty. Someone, man. They are nasty. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. All right. Here's our last one. Are you planning any other uh, voyages or, or epic um, trips here soon in the future? Uh, in terms of long distance hiking, um, I have some other trips in mind. Patagonia is very high on the list. Yeah. Uh, but it's probably going to have to wait till next year. Um, to me, the one that is trip that I had just done was one of, I had planned to do it in 2020. And because I was living in Europe at that time. And then we all know what happened. All right. So I couldn't do it. And then, so for me, I had been holding on to that trip for a while, but also that trip was like the ultimate pilgrimage. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but Patagonia it, to me is just, yeah, that's very high on the list. And I'm hoping to do that. And then I am doing, I am in conversation with some other people about doing an actual retreat. Um, and it wouldn't be an all women's retreat, but it would be a hiking retreat where we would be practicing survival skills as we go. So cool. and that would be a hike probably along the AT uh, around this time next year. So nice. Very awesome. cool. There's can can, uh, can yeah. Emery and I go if we identify as women? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Sue, I think we have to start with identifying as human. <laughs> yeah, that would be a start. A start. Good so start. since we're since we're coming up on the end of this, Jax, and of course, guys, you know we're gonna be doing on the rocks right after this. Where can folks find you? Uh, what do you what do you want to plug right now? What do you want folks to see, know, or go get? Or or it's the floor is yours. Uh yeah, I mean, so my Instagram handle is Wildcard Wilderness, same with TikTok, same with YouTube. My website is wildcardwilderness.com. Uh, on that page is a list of all my events. Uh, classes for next year will be posted on there shortly. Uh, I have my knife will be released soon. I'm also working with Kagan on making some other products that will be done this week. Nice. So, yes. So it's very exciting. She doesn't get them so, done this week. Sweet. Yep. <laughs> I just approved it. So I'm very, very excited. So we got mm. other stuff coming out. So just stay tuned. The shop is going to be rolling a lot of. A lot of stuff. There's a last question that popped up. And I, anytime somebody yeah. asks something about kids, I'm always about, let's get these Absolutely. little people in the woods. So, so let you, let you have that one real quick. Do you have any suggestions of things I could do with my four-year-old son out in the wilderness, trying to come up with ways to involve him more with my audience would love input? Uh, plants. Yeah. I was going to say edible, wild edibles too. Because yeah. kids love to eat yeah. stuff. And it's super cool yep. when they realize they could pick the my my youngest daughter would go down to the school bus stop at the corner of the road down there and I would drive down there and you know and sit with her and the mothers would come up and be like you you need to stop her I'm like why they're like she's eating the weeds I'm like yeah she knows what she can eat yeah I'm, I'm fine with it yeah you know? and they yeah. would freak out but if the kids think that is so cool 
then I could, I yeah. could eat that, like, you know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. As a well, secondary, as a secondary um, advanced pistol carbine tactical rifleman, that's a good one too. <laughs> Try out. <laughs> you get to do push-ups and everything. The other thing I'll say yeah. too, for little people, <laughs> is kidding. is tracking. I was um, just going to say yeah. that. Yeah, tracking. Oh, see, yeah. Great minds think alike. There we go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, teaching them to identify tracks, um, and then then and which Jack Sue is a rather famous tracker himself. Um, that's that's what he's going to be teaching tracking classes at Mountain Readiness. So, but yeah, yeah getting no, them into awesome. tracking and wild edibles, I think those are two fantastic ones. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then, of course, shelter building, because every kid loves to build a fort. <laughs> that is true. true yeah. That is true. Yeah. Very true. And then, and then if you get lost in the woods, you can use your kids to build the shelter for you. You know, once again, you know, use that slave labor thing. I'd be like, hey, Johnny, time to time to get our shelter put together while dad hangs out over here next to the fire. <laughs> Work for All right. Man, I had four of them. I had four of them. All right, guys. Uh, Jax, thanks for being on. Um, awesome to have you. We'll probably have you on again. It was, oh, it was a pleasure. Yeah. I I had a lot of fun. I loved it. <laughs> well, and next week we've got um, put that back up, Holly, because my brain just went blank as soon as I said it for our next week. Yeah, farm and forge. I was gonna say forge. Oh, fire. yeah, Chantal right Mullins. Yeah, Chantal Mullins next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. So uh, for those of you who are in Patreon, you can guys can hop over there. We're going to be showing up in just a minute. And uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. And you know the deal, be good or be good at it. Wake and up, America. Don't be woke. Haven't had enough yet? Stick around for the after show. Bolder, grittier, angrier. On the Rocks with Angry American and the Gang is coming up next.